Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents, the second installment of Scary Movie Extravaganza. All Halloween month long, we're going to be talking about our favorite horror films in the month of October. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my buddy Dylan Shore, and we're going to talk about Idle Hands. Dylan, are they the devil's playground? Seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Idle hands are the devil's playground, man. Keep keep them keep them working, man, or you're going to get into some shit. That's why that's why I got the Ford, baby. Keeps me out of trouble. I got the Ford. <laughs> I thought you were my bud. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to get into that and so much more, but before we do, you want to talk about any other films, scary or otherwise? Yes, I do. Okay. Can we can breeze right past this one just because it's a background one that I always put on for some reason. It's not by any means a good movie. Okay. We might have to spend uh, some time here though. If it's a movie that you put on all the time, I don't know if we should be I mean, breezing like, right past it. During Halloween time, like I'll put it on in the background. It's Queen of the Damned. It's great. Oh my god. It is okay cool <laughs> it's not great but yeah it's, it's a lot of fun it's so insanely bad yeah yeah it's uh, <laughs> a lot of fun <laughs> it was a lot of fun i've been trying to put on uh romeo must die recently but my copy is jacked so every time but i keep forgetting so i'm like oh yeah i've been needing to watch this oh right i can't god damn it i gotta get it so uh that's my story of a movie that I put on all the time that I can't watch <laughs> right now. Uh, that's great. And then I rewatched Dreamcatcher. The <laughs> that, that the Stephen King one? Yeah, that bonkers movie. I love that one too. That one's so nutso. I was uh, trying to so sorry to interrupt you, but you know, we we recently gave up watching Homeland, but uh, my wife was asking me who Damien Lewis, right? uh-huh who he is and like what else has he been in and i was like oh hang on you got to see this so i just pulled up the scene Hello, <laughs> <laughs> she was like yeah i don't think i like this show <laughs> so, uh, might have poisoned the well with that one <laughs> it's so crazy but i love it because it gives it gives you a good laugh because it the it's, book is even crazier. Like they cut some stuff out of the book or not out of the book. possible. What are you saying? Yeah, no, I swear to God. Uh, and they add more that's not in the book, like Jason Lee in the bathroom with the thing in the toilet. Yeah, the toilet. Oh, good guy. That is movie. not in the the movie. It cuts a uh, in the book. You jump away from it, and when you jump back, Jay, uh, that character Beaver is already dead. <laughs> poor beaver yeah uh but fucking yeah fuck 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 stick fuck, it's like, yeah dude <laughs> fucking what a bad shit Crazy that's movie. a real fuckery it's such a story that is all over the place like <laughs> so many storylines are going on and they keep getting more crazy i i what mean he was famously recovering from a car accident and quite yeah. high on medicines at the yeah. time and it was originally supposed to be called cancer yeah that's right <laughs> so i think we can forgive king for the plotting of this but 
everybody beyond Stephen King deserves furious blame for being involved with this. Because like, whatever, (laughs) it it still is so much of an enterprise that it happened. That's crazy. Absolutely. And the last thing. What do you got? The teaser trailer. It might be an actual trailer for the new Chucky TV series that Don Mancini is doing as the continuation after Cult of Chucky. I am excited to watch that. Yes. Uh, If you haven't seen the trailer, you should absolutely watch it because it looks awesome. I cannot wait. I'll have to give it a go. I usually avoid trailers, but I'm definitely going to get involved with that. I love the... It doesn't give anything away. It's just kind of like showing you that everyone is coming back. And I'm just like, yes! (laughs) Just pump. Two hands in the air. Yeah, that sounds great, man. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. That sounds great. (laughs) Uh, How about you? I got a couple I can talk about. Let's see. I'm going to start from the bottom and work to the top. Did you know uh, Brittany Murphy was in a movie called The Ramen Girl? Have you, you, you are not familiar with this film? I don't believe so, no. Buddy, it's like one of the worst I've ever seen. And I've been through some rough ones. She's uh, an American woman who like moves to Tokyo and or is in Tokyo with a, a partner and goes, it's a, it's, you know, rom-com structure, but she falls in love with ramen. And I just don't know what to say about the way this movie is. An American woman is stranded in Tokyo after breaking up with her boyfriend, searching for direction in life. She trains to be a ramen chef. Boy, does she. <laughs> the budget was $32 million. No, it was not. The, <laughs> this movie costs 50 bucks and a case of fluorescent lights. It looks like junk, dude. It's I, no All way. that money went to Brittany Murphy then. I, at least, yeah. I mean... She's worth twice that. And, you know, I, I was like, okay, this is not going to be good, but it's going to be Brittany Murphy. And even she is having a hard bad. time carrying this thing. It's not, not uh, something that should be consumed by humans, unlike ramen, which should be consumed by humans. <laughs> Never going to watch that movie, but I'll eat nope. some ramen. Yep, yep. Nope and yep, just like that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I watched on the circling back to the scary stuff i watched the insidious says i the insidii uh-huh and uh you know those are i've only seen up to the third one i think there's one more after that that i haven't seen oh you know what i just watched the first three i think there might even be like five that are insidious proper oh and then there's like is that the boy and there's you know whatever i feel like it's sort of the off-brand Conjuring universe, and that was sort of my view on this one. Also, I was like, "Yeah, it, these it, are it solid." First, though, I think that's probably the case. Like I so many first, because it, it still feels like an early James Wan movie. The first two are James Wan. It uh, does, and it, they look good, and they're like really well made. You know, uh-huh. but they're, like you can see how he evolved to make the Conjuring, which is. Just a glorious looking horror movie altogether. That that is one supernatural movie that did genuinely scare me. Yeah, yeah, The Conjuring works. That movie flipping rules. 
So that's all I got to say. The else, I mean, Patrick Wilson is great. And I also really like Rose Byrne a lot. And they are in the first two. It does the thing where the third one, you know, kind of jumps off. And I don't know if he comes back to the series or not. Like I said, I just watched the first three. But the, the third one has that thing sort of like the paranormal activity movies where when it jumps to the new plot line, the new, you know, abandons the old family or whatever. Yeah, it's a prequel. Maybe it, it is. Uh, I don't maybe remember. it is. Wait, I don't yeah, think it is. Isn't the, the woman, the woman from the first one that like does the seance and she has like the ghost. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Yeah, and like it's her story from back in the day, right? No, it's this little girl's story. I mean, the, oh, okay. the woman's there, but it's uh, it's a different story. Um, but it's strong on its own. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, this would if I, it wasn't an insidious movie, it would just be an interesting another haunting movie, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, so it sort of feels like it has that thing where like, oh, we're going to buy this script and make it a insidious movie. Thank you. Thank you. I think uh, Lee Winnell did that. Th- did the third one. That tracks. Who, it's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Who is James? Like he per- did he write the first Insidious with James Wan? And uh, and yeah. Saw. Yeah, oh, the Saw movies know. as well. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Yeah, I got one more that I'm actually pretty excited to talk about because it was a, a first time viewing for me of The Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. Oh, never seen it. It rules. Okay, interesting. I want to watch it. Yeah, it definitely has a B-movie sort of energy. You know, you can tell that there was like, they had one take to get this shot and the edit's a little chunky and uh, there's some of that stuff going on, but mostly it's really, really pretty beautiful. And it's, it's I Am Legend, right? And it works so much better because the monsters are very, very human. So when the reveal comes around, it's more believable. It's the impact of him being the villain of the story resonates because they're very human. They're not monsters, you know? They're just (laughs) ill. And then it's also interesting to watch in terms of uh, these times we live in because he's also just like, look, I can give you a blood infusion and then you can go outside in the day. You don't have to stay outside at night or you know whatever the thing and everybody in the village is just like what fuck you don't tell me <laughs> i can go out there in the daytime <laughs> uh yeah no it definitely sounds interesting i want to watch it i'm not the biggest fan of i am legend but from what you're telling me it sounds very interesting much better i i mean I, it's a different movie it's you know <laughs> don't have the special effects of i am legend it's uh, I mean, they're not that great in I Am Legend. No, they're not. I think it's so much more interesting that they're the way that they presented the story here. I really, really dug it, man. And mm. Vincent Price is just always so much fun to watch. Definitely. What about Idle Hands? I love this movie. You know what? Me too, man. I was pretty prepared to hate it because I used to love this movie a lot and it doesn't have a great reputation. No, it has, I think it has, it's like, no one talks about this movie, which is fucking crazy. I've loved this movie since I was a kid, but I think now it's starting to get this cult following. Like they just did a whole new re-release of a Blu-ray with a bunch of new special features and I want to fucking get it. Okay, yeah, that sounds awesome. 
Yeah. Um, uh, but man, this just feels like my childhood. I used to watch this movie all the time. This is a fun movie. It it gets really fun. It's I get why people don't love this movie. So let me I'll, I'll start it is in a that way. Bag of a movie for sure, but I think it hits everything, dude. It's got some fucking great physical body work going on. In All right, this. let's start there. Devin Sawa as a physical dude. comedian. Pretty fucking so good. <laughs> that fucking thing where he grabs the railing and flips himself over and like comes up to the door. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, there's obviously wire play involved with that stunt. Totally. But still, his performance through it is incredible. It's Keaton esque, man. He's just really, really giving it. I And his hand doing the whole, I can't say enough about it. I was really like legitimately impressed, thoroughly stunned, and like, Wowed, I, yeah, delighted by his physical comedy throughout the whole thing. And so, in terms of the physicality of this movie, the effects are gorgeous. The sort of the bottle in the head and the decapitation, that stuff looks great. And the yes. the degradation of Sawa as he goes through it, like eventually getting the bag on the hand is dude. He just gets worse and worse throughout the fucking night. It's just oh, and it's all worse. of that stuff is so viscerally upsetting because it's like body gory, gross. You know what I mean? You can just feel it sticking to you. I hate it, <laughs> but it's oh. also so I I like this stuff. But like I said, I I think there are some not necessarily problems with this movie but it's shaggy you know what i mean it's trying to do a lot and <laughs> if, if there is a problem with the movie it's the pacing because it, we don't really really get going until we're about halfway through it and so the front end of it is a little like where are we going here there's you know? really no plot at all until the hand is gone and they have to go chase it to the high school like right that's that's the plot right there <laughs> and then there's this other like vivica fox is in her own movie where this is the final scene you know and she's been got her whole backstory about how she found the book and her her aunt mentored her through battle-hardened tactics or whatever you know oh she's so cool dude she's great but yeah we spend a lot of time just like hanging out on the couch and talking about weed and smoking weed and like the nutmeg is what made this happen or yeah 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 i think my friend smoked some nutmeg yeah uh, he also smokes a bowl with a zippo and as a human being who has smoked weed as a middle schooler I, you only do that one time it's hard fuck unless yeah you got to do it properly you can get it done oh, good for you man i can't get it done not a bowl. I don't know. Maybe like might light a bowl. There's easier ways to do this. <laughs> yeah. Not not going that far. Um, um so it and the shagginess is appropriate though, because it's a stoner comedy, right? So the way that the big Lebowski is being propelled by the plot, he's not propelling the plot. That's what we have here. We've got a loser passive protagonist. I think the problem comes is that the movie's really trying to do like too much or kind of not quite enough. That's my constant refrain, right? But this one really is doing so much. And I, I wrote a, like a list here 
as I was going through it, because I was trying to define the genre mashup. Comedy horror. No, it's a stoner possession, body horror, romantic, teen, sex, gross out comedy. Damn. It really does all of those things. It's clearly it does, has, it does have a lot of that. It it like very strongly traffics in these tropes, like from scene to scene. It spends a lot of time with the stoner stuff and obviously the possession stuff, but we get gross out comedy. We get the teen kind of vibe of it. I mean, Jessica Alba is in this movie, and that's probably all I should say about this. But I was in you know, uh, prime viewing. Uh, uh, demographic for this movie when that came out and I am pleased uh, for that to have been my reality mm-hmm. uh, yeah this cast is really stacked like they got some heavy hitters in the 90s Fred Zoff. Willard yeah Fred Willard straight up that, the great opening scene it's, great a, opening. The, it's a pretty good prank I go into it thinking he's it's a prank and then it's not a prank but even as a prank it's pretty good it's pretty good pretty I wonder good. if that uh, and I love that. Do you know who plays the hand? Uh, I assume it's uh, it from the Adams it family. Yeah, it is. Christopher Hart. Wait, is that actually the thing? That's what the deal is? Uh-huh. He's like a, a pup. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's really all he, that's all his credits. He doesn't have anything. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he's a model. He's a magician, I think. That makes sense with all of his nimbly pimbly bouncing from tree to tree. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a magician. Cool. Uh, <laughs> For as much as I watched this movie, I had zero memory of the Vivica plotting. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is like if we if we didn't spend so much time on the couch, we could spend a little more time with Vivica, you know, we could spend a little more time with Jessica and like have hijinks there are plenty of hijinks it just is a a movie i like a lot look at look at me look at me i'm leatherface uh i'm looking at the cast here and it says tom delong of blink 182 is the windows server guy at burger jungle so i'm assuming it's the guy that like devin sawa pushes away when he goes to talk to the guy with the Ford. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. I would want to re-watch that scene now. That's kind of funny that if that's Tom DeLong. I'm remembering it um God is somebody else. I almost uh wrote it down. Oh no and then the manager the manager is, who is the manager? Uh his name is Joey Slotnick. <laughs> yeah it is he's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah yeah it sure is uh and it says kyle gas was a burger jungle guy from tenacious d also speaking of showing up kind of folks sean whalen as one of the cops uh-huh yeah so good always a, That's a great, great death yeah i also i really appreciate that this movie understands the deep-rooted psychology of police officers like do you has anybody from your high school become or middle school have you known anybody who's become a cop uh-huh were they like i'm gonna put something out there were they kind of jockish but within the jock circle like just a a total like neanderthal not very cool or popular person 
That's exactly right, isn't it? He he had he, he was cool. He had like a lot of popular friends. He was a basketball player, I believe, and but uh, he wasn't one of the the cooler ones. He wasn't like the most popular yeah. of that circle. He was at the bottom rung of that circle, right? Uh-huh. That that dude becomes a cop. <laughs> yeah, you hit it on the nose there. So does this movie. Like, they give him a little more nerdy texture, but that whole scene about, like, oh, you couldn't sit with us at the lunch table? <laughs> Dig this movie for that uh, bit of psychology. Brilliant. I love it. Really, really good. Uh, I guess the people who deserve credit for that are um, the, the writing duo I found fascinating. Terry Hughes and Ron Milbauer. Terry Hughes Burton. Yeah, now, sir. Um, she, whoa. She, she has a lot of producing stuff. They both transition into production, but like kind of wrote for some of the same shows also. And she's still writing. She's writing an episode of the Day of the Dead TV series. Yeah, uh, Milbauer just wrote... Um, Hang on, I'll pull it up here. Oh, he's working on The Handmaiden's Tale now. Gotcha. Handmaiden's Tale. Anyhow, should we talk uh, about, while we're doing uh, the production staff, do you want to talk about director? That's literally where I was going to. Okay. What do you know about this fella whom we call Rodman Flender? nothing and i'm looking at his filmography now and uh leprechaun 2 that's where i mean he has a couple more before that but that's what i recognize some tv show episode dawson creek episode i don't know here's the trivia of note about rodman flender he is uncle to timothy chalamet no way what how did you learn this just through wikipedia so you know it's probably really true wiki doesn't fucking lie man yeah fuck fuck him up debbie his alma mater is fucking harvard see that's that northeast vibe baby um here's the point where i turned on this movie i uh, sorry that i like decided I loved this movie and that it knew what it was doing, even if audiences didn't go for it, is when they're in the bowling alley and Vivica Shock Fox shows up and meets Randy. Do mm-hmm. you remember his line? Uh, <clears throat> he says, so what brings you to bowling? Not to the bowling alley, not to like, do you, <laughs> what brings you to bowling? Is such a specifically awkward way to say anything. It's is so it? inhuman. But what happens after that is Veronica, sorry, Vivica Fox just explaining the whole plot and stake of the movie. It's this wild exposition. Well, you got to get him in on the job with her, man, because he knows about Devin Sawa. Right. But at this point, Nobody in the audience, Vivica A. Fox is the only person with that knowledge. Most movies would give us this, like in the first five or 10 minutes. 
we would understand the stakes of where this fucking, or it would be the reveal at the end of the movie, right? Like so many actual horror movies that are about possession. It's like, oh yeah, it was the grandma that sold the auntie into the demon's uh, spawn ship or whatever, you know? Uh-huh. The fact that this movie reveals that piece of information through this character who should be the main character of the movie, but comes in like an hour into it and tells everybody why any of this is happening and then <laughs> moves the fuck on. She like in the next scene gets hit with the truck, right? She just gets creamed and cleared out of the way so that these idiot stoners can go on being dead doofuses. <laughs> it, it knows exactly what it's doing. I think it's a really smartly scripted movie, man. And it, it feels loose and wiggly in all the right ways. I, I, like I, said, I get why people wouldn't love it, but I just do. I love it. Uh, and you have the offspring. Yeah, you do. That's uh, who the hell got them for that thing for, for that high school? What? They seem like they, they were a lot of money. <laughs> Overqualified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Overqualified is the right word. Uh, man, yeah, I truly could just keep sucking this movie's dick all day, but uh, I got just a couple, um, because I am not done tasting that dong. Please give me more. Let's do it. Uh, I love that uh, Seth Green shuts down the speech when Devin Sile was like, Man, I should not be such a stoner, and like, I gotta, I gotta do something about it. And he's just like, Nope, no speeches. Come on, let's get the fuck out of here. Which Seth Green pulls that stuff off. It is another one of the failings of the movie is that his character kind of reduces to audience surrogate, and he could do so much more than that, you know what I mean? But he's just kind of saying the punchline to the joke a lot of times, like uh -huh. when. The dude eats the burrito and he's like, that's so disgusting. It's like, yeah, it, it's incredibly disgusting. You could say something clever and creative because you're Seth Green, but I guess that's not the movie that we're, we're in here, but that's mostly it's so fucking gross. Um, and the only other thing is that it's, I mean, it works for me because it's uh, Jessica Alba doing these things, but it's insane that she's ever into anything that's happening because he's so like twitchy and missing a hand the whole time. <laughs> well, she thinks it's his costume. No, but I mean, even in the very beginning, right? So like when he it's first, after the bad. flip over uh -huh. the banister, his behavior is insane. He straight up grabs her ass and she goes, I never thought you'd have the balls to grab my ass. <laughs> okay, so if she's into it, she's forward, she's consenting, fantastic. But then when they get on the bed and he's like kind of half choking her. Yeah. And she's still just like, yeah, let's go with this. I mean, uh, poor fucking girl. It's, uh, yeah, she, I mean, guess she's in the, I'm not here to kink shame. I'm and just then, concerned for her safety. Yes. And then the Randy's very rapey when uh, uh, he hits Vivica A. Fox uh, <laughs> with his truck and he comes over and like, CPR giving her kiss. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go for it, and then gives her CPR. Just kind of a weird joke. Uh yeah, because he like looks around, he's like, oh, okay. And uh <laughs> she wakes up and he has barf breath. Yeah, sucks to be Randy. Yeah. Ugh. I like that he pushes the dog around the corner the first in the very beginning of the movie when he's like 
trying to see what's happening there and the dogs very hesitantly scooting that's a fantastic bit uh this time watching like the part's always given me a laugh but this time i laughed really fucking hard uh was when the hand grabs the cat and he fucking flings it out the window <laughs> it goes so far like that's like the it's not a stretch of humor where we are because there there is crazy shit like that this hand is just so strong it fucking launches it across the street it's supernatural it's incredible oh my god i love it i love it idle hands